Hello and welcome to the It Surge On Air podcast. I'm Jeff Young. A couple of years ago, I did a project called Lecture Fail. I guess it was hashtag Lecture Fail, where I invited college students to fire up their webcams and send in video messages critiquing the teaching they were getting on their campuses. I remember being struck by how bored and stuck and eager to learn the students appeared in their messages. It was almost like they were saying, just give us some credit, push us a little harder, we're here and ready for more. I got the same vibe when I sat down a few weeks ago with three college students who are in the Ed Surge Independent, an online publication by and for students who are passionate about reforming higher ed. Ed Surge set up this platform about a year ago, and each quarter a new group of students cycles in. It doesn't always have much in the way of concrete advice for college leaders, but the articles there often capture what it feels like to be in an educational setting that just isn't working, at least for these students. It's worth checking out no matter where you sit on campus. I was curious to hear how these students viewed the buzzwords and experiments happening on their campuses, and also just to get a sense of what they saw as the problems with education. We'll have the conversation right after this. This episode of the Ed Surge On Air podcast is brought to you by the Ed Surge Digital Learning Network. Move your institution forward faster. Join a community of instructional designers and other higher education strategic leaders in the Ed Surge Digital Learning Network. Visit www.edsurgedln.com to find out more. That's DLN as in Digital Learning Network. All right, I'm here today with a group of college students who spend a lot of time rethinking higher education. Amanda Walstead, Jared Silver, and Rosie Fulger. All of them are part of EdSurge's experimental student-run publication on Medium called EdSurge Independent. Thanks, all of you, for being here. Thanks for having us. Okay, so I want to start and just, I think, um, hopefully people are reading EdSurge Independent. If not, this will have a link to that, and people should definitely check out the articles. But let me introduce each of our um, student guests and talk about, and kind of the first question I have for each of you, which is, why does college need to change at all? And so I'll just go down one by one and tell a little bit about each of you as we go. Amanda, you're a freshman at Wellesley College. Um, and I saw on your bio that, um, that it wasn't sort of obvious that you'd get to go there, that you, were, um, that you got some good counseling through QuestBridge and scholarship to kind of make it happen for you um, from a rural community, I believe. Could you, um, I, guess, I guess, what for, for you was, was, is the biggest thing about why you're kind of here today talking about the future of education, thinking about the future of education. Um, what, what is it about college that you think needs to change? I think college a lot of times doesn't make accommodations for students like me. And so for me, that's, that's kind of what I like to focus on is, are there students that are going hungry that we're missing out on? Are there, are there other issues, especially in higher education? Because we miss that when students get up into college and you have homeless students and you have students with food insecurity and students that don't have a family background or like a safety net. Um, those sort of issues can be absolutely detrimental to this person's future. And so for me, I think with the future of higher education, one of the biggest things is addressing that. So, yeah. And, and what, what do you think is the biggest obstacle? Is it, I mean, besides obviously the high cost of college, is there more to it than simply money? Um, I mean, as far as the transition to college, like there are definite cultural barriers. There are a lot of um, 
it's definitely a knowledge gap to some extent. Um, but as far as taking care of students in college, some of it is funding. Um, but a lot of it is just awareness. A lot of people just don't know and they don't know that there are students that are struggling like this. Or if they do, they don't know the students personally. So it's not impactful. You mean the professors don't know the students personally? Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, just mentors that can help don't don't necessarily always have that connection and it's harder for first generation students to make that because first generation students tend not to reach out to their professors and it tends to be more stigmatized so yeah. hmm. so it's not it's not as if you're like rolling in being like i belong here and i'm just gonna ask all i'm just gonna come into the yeah. professor's office and demand help or, or whatever right. um uh great well um and jared you are um, in New York. Where are you in your college right now? And why do you think college needs to change? Yep. So I spent a couple of semesters at Babson College up in Massachusetts. Um, it has a very strong focus on um, entrepreneurship. And um, I don't want to, uh, to talk about them in particular, um, but as in as a whole, uh, the way that I see college sort of needing to transition is very much in line with the way that I see all of education needing to, trans needing to transition. And that's sort of away from this very rote, uh, one-dimensional, um, sort of not really uh, problem-solving oriented approach. And what I mean by that is school is very, very good at teaching you how to carry out a set of tasks, at teaching you how to do a repetitive set of things, how to memorize this, how to, uh, you know, very formulaically do what someone else tells you to do. But unfortunately, the problems that the world faces today are no longer of that variety, of the variety where if someone tells you, go out and do this in this, set, in this way with this uh, set of steps, that you would be able to actually solve the world's most pressing problems. On, on the other hand, what the way that uh, the world's most pressing problems do need to be solved is with an approach that is not very formulaic, and with the way, in, with an approach that is not, um, you know, step by step. If the problems that we're facing today were able to be solved that way, they would already have been solved. Uh, rather, what we need from our institutions of higher education are teaching people the skills or helping people develop the skills for themselves to determine what it is that they need to do to figure out how to solve the problems. So there's sort of this meta level of of, uh, of education where it's not about the specific skills that you develop, but rather your propensity to develop new skill sets. It's not about knowing exactly what to do to solve a problem, but figuring out how to go about solving a problem. And that's what I really think is important to, uh, to keep in mind for the future of higher ed. That's great. And there's lots to unpack there. But first, I'll just um, to let everyone know about Rosie as well here. Um, Rosie, you are the the kind of head of the EdSurge Independent um, team at the moment, but you've been part of it from the beginning. You're, at Min you're a student at the Minerva School, which is a very interesting um, kind of alternative higher ed model that we've written about where it's, it's distributed, it's online. And so you're right now in Buenos Aires studying and um, all of the classes are online with a cohort of people and it's kind of trying to be this different approach to higher ed. So you're, you're living this one a new approach, but, but why did you, you know, what is it about the, the, the sort of traditional version that you weren't sold on or what do you think needs to change about higher ed? I, I used to attend a uh, traditional university in the UK and, um, and I transferred to Minerva uh, because they have all of these really cool opportunities to get involved in 
a wide variety of a liberal arts stuff, but more importantly, in my opinion, um, the whole of the foundation year is based on problem solving skills, decision making skills, critical thinking, creative thinking, effective interaction, effective communication. And they, they teach us very specifically and very deliberately how to use all of these very cool, very relevant skill sets. Um, and so, and I think that that's a lot better than, you know, at my traditional university where I sat there, I read some stuff, I attended a lecture that, you know, has no pedagogical like basis in, in reality, right? Like there is, there in no sense does anybody learn well from a lecture, like it's just a poor way of teaching. Um, and so Minerva is based on the science of learning. Everything that we do is very intentional, very thought out. Every class is planned to the minute. Um, you know, our, our, our live our live discussion seminars are, are planned to the minute. Um, and so, yeah, and so I'm interested in education changing because I think that we have, just like Jared said, like very prescriptive models of education that are not backed up by any research um, and I think that it would be pretty easy, actually, to change the way that we teach in, in school, in university, um, so the ways that we teach and things that we teach in order to make them, A, scientifically valid, and B, useful for the world. You know, I think um, it's, it's wonderful because these are the kind of issues, obviously, that Ed Church writes about a lot, but to have the, the student perspective um, is obviously, we, we think, very valuable. Do you feel like students are are being heard in in some of the processes at, at colleges um, to to go through to when changes are being made? Maybe this is a, a question for Amanda, um, who's currently at at a at least a student at, at a traditional university. Um, you know, are students asked enough for their input on what what ought to be? I think. Um a lot of times when students are asked for their input, it is done in a very surface way. So it's, we have these students input, but we don't integrate them into the actual process of making the change or into the process of troubleshooting with the change. And those are often where the problems lie. Um, and so I feel, no, there's definitely not enough student voice um, as far as like goes on campus and on just in general on college campuses, like students need to be integrated and need to have a say, but it's hard to do apparently. And I guess for all of you or any of you, what is it that you think is the biggest thing that is, is lost when the students aren't, aren't involved? I mean, is it, is it, yeah, cause there's all these, yeah, maybe I'll just, I'll stop talking and ask it. Um, I think for me, my main thing is when student voices are ignored, I always just want to yell, like, students are the main stakeholders. We are the ones that sit in the classroom constantly. We are the ones that are affected by these issues. Therefore, we should have a say. Yeah, I, I feel like, um, you know, throughout, you know, K through post-grad, there's this kind of, there's this feeling that children, that students, that, people are not um are not the owners of their education right that education is is delivered and in some cases sold um to a student as a as a customer um and i feel that often that's a really misguided way of thinking about 
you know, our, our right to education um, when actually, you know, there's a huge ability for children, for students to think about why and how they want to learn specific things, why and how they want to do things with their lives that are highly educational. And what we do when we systematize schooling is, is to make that, uh, that education a, a product to be delivered. Um, and I think that's, that comes off quite, quite dangerously. And I think the more input, input that you have from students, the more likely you are to get, you know, to develop an educational model that actually um, makes sense to the people who are using it. I, I've definitely talked to professors who feel that the consumer mindset is a problem. They might agree with much of what you just said, but that there actually, you know, needs to be a curriculum designed by, you know, experienced educators that the students don't necessarily know what they need is the, is the basic kind of best, you know, the best kind of summation of this. And that, and that it, if, if the students just got exactly what they want, it actually wouldn't serve the students the best because, you know, in a way it's some, the idea of, I guess, general education or kind of some liberal arts education is that there are just some things that benefit people and it may not be clear on the first day of learning some philosophy or some, um, you know, literature, why that might be important later on in life when you're managing a team of or doing something you never expected you do. What do you say to that argument that somehow students really shouldn't be the main voice because the curriculum, it should be shaped by people who have kind of gone there before and are at more of the down the line of, of, of consuming education so that they can say like, this is what helped us. This is what we think will help you in the long, long term. So Jared, do you want to go first? Sure. <laughs> uh, so I think the first main thing to think about here is that there is a tremendous, tremendous difference between learning and being taught. And while I'd agree that at the outset, we as students might not know exactly what we need to know, that's not the most important thing. What's important is that we develop the ability for ourselves to figure out what it is that we do need to know and then figure out how to acquire that knowledge. What's, valuable, what's most valuable about a higher education uh, is not the actual information, but the meta skills that you develop by learning how to acquire that information, how to think for yourself, how to determine what it is that you need in order to solve the problems that you want to solve. When a teacher says, when a professor says, when a school says, this is the exact set of information that you need, don't question it, that robs every single student of the opportunity to develop the very skills that they need to be successful in the future and to solve the problems that the world needs us to solve. I see the kind of spirit or change that you're sort of trying to outline in your answers, which is somehow that it's less about a canon of knowledge than about preparing students for problem solving. But I think a lot of professors always thought they were doing that. It sounds like you don't always think it was working. I wanted to talk, uh, give you all a chance to, to describe Edgerge Independent and what you're learning in the, the kind of curriculum you're inventing yourself. Rosie, do you want to just, since you're the longest serving member and, and current leader, do you want to talk just for a minute for those who haven't gone there yet and they should um about what it is in a nutshell um and and what all of you have been doing besides just the articles you're writing 
Yeah, so, um, so Edsurge Independent is this really cool community um, that is by and for students that um, our aim is to give student voice, um, give students voice. Um, and so we meet once a week on a, um, on a video call uh, as a group and we talk, uh, we have a spread of discussion sessions, of guest speaker sessions and of um, article review sessions. So we've had speakers from um, the Department of Education, the US Department of Education. We've had speakers from the Gates Foundation, from um, Old School in San Francisco, uh, from Minerva, uh, from Knur Tutoring, some very, very cool, um, very different speakers who have very different points of view. And they come and give lectures and Q&A sessions to us. And that's, that's uh, an amazing opportunity to get to know people in, in the education sphere. Um, but I think most importantly, we have discussion sessions once a week on topics that have ranged um, from revolution in higher ed to data in education to critical thinking to adaptive learning to uh, democratic schools. Um, it's been a whole variety of really, really fascinating discussions. And because we have a very diverse group of students in the cohort, um, from eight time zones, nine universities, um, uh, 12, no, 10 countries, 10 countries. Um, it's a really amazing opportunity to get a huge amount of variety of points of view and of, uh, and of ways of thinking about these problems, you know, and people say things that would never even occur to me that that's what they would answer when I asked them the question, you know, so I'm writing my little curriculum document and, you know, anticipating what people will answer so that I can plan the next questions and then they'll say things that I had no idea that they would say and we end up completely ignoring my little curriculum doc and moving on to very very different and, and very rich discussions uh, and then we write articles uh, so three articles per student per semester um, and those can be essays those can be photo journals those can be videos multimedia presentations um, and people have written some fascinating things and we should uh, talk to both Jared and Amanda about about what they've written this semester um, Do you have a favorite article or guest speaker Amanda or Jared? Some well, maybe some moment I like this where Rosie is saying this moment of surprise, you know moment where you're like Oh, you know where you're having ver these various perspectives kind of really throw you so as far as my articles go I wrote both so far about um, rural students so um, naturally, so my first one was poor students need more, or poor rural students need more from colleges. And then my second one was um, technology and rural education. And I think one of the biggest things that's come out of EdSurge is that so many of the people here have been technologically minded. And so for me, like, I didn't really think about technology and rural education. I just said, like, the computers at my school are terrible. Like... That wasn't, that wasn't something I had an understanding of. And so now that I'm in college and now that I'm understanding, like, um, the vast impacts that technology can have. Um, so the vast impact technology can have. Like, so in other yeah. words, yeah, I guess you don't know what you don't have when you're at a place that doesn't have the kind of access. You're yeah. And so, like, gaining, gaining exposure to, like, the technologies that are available and even being able to do kind of a comparison between like what did I have there and how is internet here or that kind of thing um, has allowed me to really think about 
the way that like rural schools work because a lot of students have cell phones a lot of like even very poor students tend to have cell phones but we don't teach them how to use the computers and that kind of thing so yeah now rosie i saw um that you were saying that in your ideal world there wouldn't even be the sort of period of school or not school but that it would be something some other way of thinking about education could you talk a little about that okay so my throughout my life my my bigger than a pet peeve but my my worst thing about school has always been that school separates learning from life which is a completely artificial separation. Um, there's no reason to have that separation other than that it makes it easier to administrate. Um, and so what I would like to see and what I doubt I will see in, in my lifetime, but you know, we can always, we can always dream, um, is that education will become intensely integrated into life. And so instead of having credit hours where, you know, you sit a butt in a seat for a certain number of years, for a certain number of hours, and then spit them out at the end with a, a letter grade and say, you know, you have been in school. Um, you know, and then you move on to university and you're there for four years and then you have been in university. You are now a graduate. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything other than you spent time doing it. Um, and so I, I would like to see a whole range of of smaller and more skills-based more competency-based uh credentials micro credentials throughout life where instead of i'm in school from age 4 to 18 and then i am in college from 18 to 22 i am being educated aged zero to death um and so you you know, people would be in charge of charting their own paths through their educational life. Um, they would be given huge amounts of resources, like, you know, all the money that we pour into schools and school buildings. Could, um, what we can start doing is creating a world around education um, and setting up entire lives and entire um, ways of thinking about and doing learning. The other art, the other question I'm very dying to ask all of all three of you is, and this is some based on something Amanda said. Is there a time where, you know, Ed Surge covers ed tech, but we certainly are focused on you know the challenges and and problems and solutions, not just to be a tech for tech's sake. And I'm curious whether you think there's sometimes too much tech is the answer kind of talk within. Um, the, the the discussions of, of changing or rethinking education? I think technology is a tool, right, at the end of the day. So when it's viewed and used and implemented as being a tool to supplement learning, then yes, but I'm, I'm not sure that right now at our current position or in the very, very near future, we will be able to use technology to completely... Um, take over learning as we know it so so a lot of people talk about the dangers of um of having too much technology in in schools um and i think this is a uh, a misnomer um and a, a misrepresentation of uh, of how technology can be and, and should be used in in classrooms um i have personally seen through my experience at minerva where 
every single one of my my seminar based classes is um on a, a very souped up uh very very cool um active learning platform online classroom um and i have learned so much more in that classroom in that platform than i ever did in a traditional classroom um it tracks how i do in everything it tracks how much i speak it tracks what my teachers comment on things that i say it uh it really really helps to know where you're coming from where you're going i can go and re-watch my first class from like you know my first ever class at minerva i can watch every time that I've ever spoken in school over the last two years. And I can see exactly how my thoughts and my thought patterns have changed. And I can watch all of my peers do that too. Um, I can rewatch any comment that my teacher says. And the, the wonders of that technology, um, where, you know, the, between the tracking and the, just the, the fact that everybody is the front row in the in the class um so there's there's no back seat um everybody is across the top of the screen you can see everybody equally everybody is sitting next to the professor you know, you it creates a much more um, well-rounded learning environment in my opinion than a a physical classroom could ever hope to achieve um and so there are some amazing things that we can do with technology uh and i think that it is dangerous to start telling people that using technology in school is a, is a dangerous thing um, because used right, uh, you can drastically change and improve the way that education is run. I've really enjoyed talking with all of you. I'm glad we had this chance to, to, do, um, to do this talk and I hope somehow I'll, I'll be able to interact with you all again. Um, thank you all for joining the conversation today. Thank you so much for having us. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the EdSurge On Air podcast. This episode was edited and produced by me, Jeff Young. Since we taped this episode, they actually added a new cohort of students to the EdSurge Independent, and you can find them at edsurgeindependent.com. If you've been listening to our podcast for a while, or if you're new to the show, please subscribe on iTunes and give us a rating there. That helps others find the show. We'll be back next week with more conversations about the future of education. Thanks for listening.